1: I'm Lisa Davis with Andrea Donsky. We are so glad you're listening to Naturally Savvy. We always have so much fun. We have fantastic guests. And joining us now, we're going to be talking about integrative medicine. We're going to be talking about her book, The Tao of Integrative Medicine. It is a wonderful meet Lynn Ryobe, Dr. Ryobe, I should say. Welcome.
2: Thank you so much, Lisa. It's great to be here with you guys.
1: You know, well, it's so nice to have you on the program. You know, I was thinking today about integrative medicine and, and my first introduction to it came, I would say, in the late 90s. I went to see a a Western medicine doctor and I had some issues going on and he sat me down and he was like, how's your stress level? What's going on with your work and your family and this and that? And he started asking me, or maybe it was more holistic and we can talk Mm -hmm. about like the differences, but it was so empowering and it was such a different approach than just like, you know, the eight minutes and they're in a hurry and it's a pain in the (laughs) grump. You feel like you're not being heard. So when did you first get into integrative medicine? And is that how you view it as well? In that story I told
2: or part of it? Uh, Yes, definitely. I mean, that's definitely part of the story. You know, I first was introduced to not integrative medicine, but holistic healing by my grandmother as a child. And I grew up in a very, you know, medical family. So I thought it was a bunch of hocus pocus. She would send me out into the yard to go pick this leaf and boil it and do this and that. And I was like, you know, I was just doing it to humor her because, well, she's grandma. And when I got better, I figured it was because <laughs> of her TLC and not because of the herbs, you know. <laughs> and then as I got older, I went to the conventional, you know, medical route um, because, you know, dogmatically in the United States, we're just socialized to believe that this that's the method that, that works. And I studied diligently. I did what I needed to do. And when I got out, I realized you know, I'd been barking up the wrong tree. I couldn't help anyone. Um, now, if they, had a, if they were at death's door, I could help them. You know, if they had appendicitis, they're having an uh, acute heart attack, you know, I knew what to do and I knew how to get them the help that they needed and their life would be saved. But the vast majority of my patients, thankfully, were not in, you know, that dire uh, a position. They had a bunch of nuisance chronic symptoms. They were tired. They were gaining weight. Uh, they were depressed, um, you know, or or maybe they were cancer survivors and things like that. And we had absolutely nothing for them. Um, and so I became very rapidly frustrated with everything that I had learned. I mean, all these years of training that I did was only good to help maybe one to two percent of my patients and the other 98 percent. I had nothing for them. Um, and so, you know, I started thinking about grandma and I was like, well, let me go dabble in this stuff a little and see, because, you know, I, I have a little bit of a Taoist or Buddhist bent to me from even when I was a child. So it was always in the back of my mind somewhere. So I said, something has to jive with what I believe in philosophically. And I didn't know enough about Chinese medicine to realize that that would be the path. But I investigated it. And um, when I first started to study it, it was so counter to what I knew that I didn't believe it was real. You know, this is probably a bunch of baloney, but let me sit here and listen anyway. And then as I started to listen more and more, I started to hear my grandmother <laughs> in, in the lesson. <laughs> and I was like, wow, my grandmother used to tell me that. And my grandmother used to do that. And, and I started piecing the puzzles together. And I was like, wow, you know, grandma was right. And so I, I, you know, dove a lot deeper and deeper into Chinese medicine. And I started to realize that if you just shift your perspective around just a little bit, Um, a huge uh, doorway enters for you. And that opened up the path for me to help the other 98%. Um, You know, with the addition of functional medicine later on in my career, I was able to piece all three of those little pieces together. So I had the Chinese medicine, I had functional medicine, and I had my conventional medicine as well. And I blended all three in my practice. And now I'm able to help people that I would never have been able to help before, um, you know, to prevent diseases. So we don't have a lot of drama in our office. It's just, you know, people not getting sick, people staying well, um, you know, and once in a while, you know, someone breaks through, but, um, what it is is just prevention and it's just been beautiful. So people that come in with their fatigue and weight gain and depression, we can find the root cause. And that was the big difference. It's finding the actual cause and, We tend to blame it on superficial things, and we don't dive deep enough. And Chinese medicine allows us to dive deep enough that we can look at energetically in the body what is causing the disturbance that's leading to these symptoms and diagnoses, and then we can begin to treat those. So it's been a fascinating um, adventure so far. Um, It's paid off quite a bit. sounds like it. Yeah, it
1: sounds awesome. And you know, in your book, The Tao of Integrative Medicine, you talk about something you created called the integrative fusion method. Talk to us about that.
2: Yeah, we call it it the Ryove method. But it, it is exactly that it is looking at Chinese medicine, and what it does, what its power is, the power of Chinese medicine is to uncover root causes, and to find a path of treatment. That's natural. And that restores the body's balance. And when we look at functional medicine, it tries to do something very similar, but from a different perspective. So Chinese medicine is an energy-based system of medicine, whereas functional medicine is very physical. It's a physical medicine, so it's very anatomical, and we do a lot of testing in functional medicine to find the root causes. So it complements Chinese medicine really, really well. And then we can add conventional medicine in for the things that those two other systems are not good for, so I learned by talking to patients and helping them navigate through their conditions and their symptoms uh, that I could actually use Chinese medicine to predict a path for them that I could then prevent them from walking into by using the other two systems of medicine with it. So if we know that a patient has um, is depleted, we know that we can go and do testing that will tell us what their depleted you know, from what what are their what are their depletions? So in Chinese medicine, you can know if someone is excessive or depleted. You can know if they're too hot or too cold, if they're too dry or too wet, um, and then you can actually match that with testing. So there's no testing in Chinese medicine, but there is testing in functional medicine, and because they're so they're so similar you can actually fuse the two together. So if I know someone is depleted in their uh, spleen chi, for example, which is the rough equivalent of the gastrointestinal system in our conventional medicine, I know that I can go do functional testing of their gut to find out what's wrong with their gut function, why is it weak, and what vitamins and minerals are they depleted in. And then we can tweak their nutrition so that they're uh, correcting their malabsorption or their infection or whatever it is that they have in their gut. And then we can correct their vitamin deficiencies by targeting their nutrition and also adding some natural supplements to their diet. And so Chinese medicine provides a path that we would not otherwise
0: Where are you based? So let's say people who are listening who would be like, wow, I'd be really interested in checking it out or learning more. They'd have to come into your office, obviously, to be able to benefit from the treatments, correct?
2: For full benefit, yes. I mean, there's a lot we can still do by phone, but in Chinese medicine, it's a very, very, um, uh, what's the word? We have to do a tongue and pulse examination on the patient Mm -hmm. to really have a good idea of what's going on. Um, So if we don't have that available to us, then we don't have the full functionality of Chinese medicine, but there's still a a bunch we can do based on their symptoms and they can send a picture of their tongue and things like that. And we can kind of figure out what's going on and help them navigate through that. So I do have a lot of long distance patients that came into the office one time and we did a full evaluation while, while they were there and then they left and went home. And then we worked based on that. Um, It's not as ideal as being able to see someone all the time. But we're based in Stewart, Florida. Um, we'll have an office in, in Palm Beach uh, within hopefully six months.
1: Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah. Man, I'd like to go to Florida. <laughs>
2: I'd <have> to come <laughs> That's right. It's you. a great place to hide out for a little bit and soak up some sun and, and get well.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I'm so glad you're talking about prevention, too, because I know one of the things that you talk about is that, you know, our our current conventional model, it's failing us, you know, we, we don't right. have good information out there. Uh, a lot of people are misled about what's good, what's bad. And we also tend to wait till we're all sick, you know, mm-hmm. before we even get help. So it's very right. frustrating. So we're, we're glad here on Naturally Savvy, we have great people like you who know their stuff and are able to share great information to help people.
2: Uh, thank you. But that's that's exactly what my book is about. It's the path to prevention uh, and how to actually prevent conditions before you get them. You know, And that's why medicine is failing us, is because the paradigm of medicine itself is flawed. And when you work from a flawed paradigm, everything you do is flawed. So because our very foundation and the purpose of our system of medicine itself is flawed, There is nothing we're going to do from that foundation that will work, and that's why we don't yet have a cure for cancer. That's why we get more and more diseases to treat as opposed to preventing the diseases in the first place. So when your goal, you know, if you set your GPS to go to Nebraska and then you're shocked you didn't get to California, you shouldn't be shocked because you set your GPS to Nebraska. So if you're setting your GPS to catch diseases when they start early so you can treat them, you're never going to prevent them.
1: Huh. And so yeah, that that's our sense. main it's so problem. It's discouraging. Yeah, it's discouraging, but it's so hopeful that there are people like you doing this type of work because if we keep on the same path, everyone's just going to get sicker and sicker. And it seems like that's right. what's happening with so many yeah. people being obese and so many people having cancer and now Alzheimer's. And I mean, it seems right. like everything's on the rise.
2: Right, right. And that's because our paradigm is flawed. So until we shift our paradigm to prevention of disease rather than prevention of the death from disease we will never get anywhere. Huh. And so, so in your practice,
1: you're utilizing... Oh, go ahead.
2: No, I'm sorry. I said, you know, and it's not necessarily anyone's fault. Unfortunately, what happens is when we're trained, we're trained, to, we're trained to know that there are two types of prevention. So there's a prevention called primary prevention, and there's a prevention called secondary prevention. And so primary prevention is actually preventing the disease itself, secondary prevention is well we got the disease but we caught it early and now we're going to just treat that you know and hopefully this patient will not die and so what happened is we started going down the path of secondary prevention and we forgot all about primary prevention and then we began to call secondary prevention prevention as though there were no primary prevention and so now everyone is is uh, misled into believing that prevention is getting your mammogram, you know, getting your pap smear, getting your colonoscopy. None of those things prevent anything except death from the cancer they're trying to uh, diagnose. So if you really want to prevent cancer, you have to go, or, or any condition for that matter, you have to drill down a lot deeper than where we're going and look at the metabolism of the cells as opposed to the final end product that is the cancer or the disease. And that's what Chinese medicine allows for, and that's what functional medicine allows for. We can actually see based on a patient's symptoms, you know, and, and by looking at them, you can see if someone's pale or if their ears are red. You can see if they're excessive in their character or if they're depleted in their character and then that also matches their symptoms. They'll tell you, I'm, I'm tired after I exercise. And that tells you that they're depleted. And when you check their pulse, sure enough, their pulse is weak, they're pale, their tongue is pale. So that's a depleted person. And Chinese medicine can tell you where the depletion is. Um, there is no diagnostic tool that's going to tell us that in our conventional medicine. All of our diagnostic tools catch things after they've already become diseases. So in Chinese medicine, you get to know this patient is depleted in this particular system. And so we need to focus on um, reversing that depletion and getting that system stronger. And so that once that system is stronger, you're going to prevent the diseases that would have come from them marching down that same uh, pattern untreated.
0: So do you see patients that have anything like, I guess all, like you were mentioning before, all different types of uh, diseases or illnesses, and do you see a good success rate once you can figure out how yeah. to help them? Like, tell us a little bit about, you know, uh, tell us a story of someone who's come in that you were able to help.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Mm, quite a few. Um, you know, we help reverse uh, fatigue quite a bit. We help reverse... Uh, weight loss. We have uh, helped some cancer clients. Um, I had one patient who already had cancer when she came, but it had not yet been diagnosed. So she had really severe fibrocystic breasts. Um, And we went ahead and evaluated her and found that she had uh, malabsorption in her abdomen due to infection. Um, She had a lack of enzymes. Um, she had fat malabsorption, so she was not absorbing too much of her fats. Um, what else did we find? We found that because of the malabsorption, she had about, and I'm guessing, but it was somewhere between 10 to 12 vitamin deficiencies in her cells. Wow. And because of those lack of vitamins, you know, she had a lot of antioxidant deficiencies and such, and so what that led to was oxidative stress damage. So we can do testing to find out if your cells have actually been uh, damaged by stress. Hmm. And so we found and out that, yes, she did have that kind of damage. And then, sure enough, the next mammogram we did showed the tumor. Um, and so, so how, we what, we went ahead and uh, sent her down to an oncologist. She was not going to have any chemo or radiation. She had already decided that. And So she did have surgery, which removed the tumor. Um, She declined any further therapy in terms of chemotherapy or radiation therapy. And um, she had high-dose vitamin C therapy instead, and she had uh, all of her vitamin depletions corrected. We worked very, very diligently on her malabsorption, uh, treated her infection, and then what we did were lipid exchanges. And Lipid exchanges are a means of correcting the the stress damage to the cells. And so she went on a very uh, aggressive IV therapy treatment to uh, correct her vitamin deficiencies and treat the oxidative stress damage. And those were all the causes of what led to her being diagnosed with breast cancer. Hmm. So we worked on all of the causes of her cancer while she, meanwhile, she went and had her surgery. Um, She's been cancer free now for about two years. She feels great. Um, She's no longer exhausted. When she came to the practice, she was exhausted. She had diarrhea all the time that no one could diagnose. Um, And she just wasn't feeling well. She couldn't sleep. You know, she had insomnia. Um, She just wasn't feeling well. She had anxiety. Um, And those were all the causes of all of those symptoms and the cause of her cancer. And so now, you know, fast forward about two years, Um, She still has a little bit of the malabsorption because the gut just takes a really long time to heal. Her Mm. oxidative stress damage is completely corrected. Um, We're still working on her vitamin deficiencies because her malabsorption isn't completely corrected. We still have to keep track of her vitamin and mineral deficiencies and make sure that she's taking the right supplements and the right foods, etc., to um, continue to correct those over time. She travels quite a bit, so she can't really be at the office all the time getting IVs. Um, so, but she's very diligent, diligent about her nutrition and things like that. So She's doing really great. She has no more fatigue, no more diarrhea. She sleeps well, she has no anxiety, and she's cancer-free. And what we're doing to make sure that her cancer does not return is making sure that all of the causes remain treated. And so now we're on a maintenance phase of making sure that her malabsorption continues to get better and never recurs, that she doesn't get another infection in her gut moving forward. So we're boosting her immune system, correcting her vitamin deficiencies, and then we're going to check for oxidative stress damage every year or two to make sure none of that is creeping back into the picture um, and keeping her nutrition up. Um, And we're also doing a pretty groundbreaking cancer test called Oncoblots, which diagnoses can- about 27 different cancers up to a decade before a mammogram could ever detect it. So we did one on her last fall, and it was completely normal. So we know that, you know, her cancer is really, really gone.
0: You know, I heard about the Oncoblot through uh, the Truth About Cancer series, uh, uh-huh. Ty Bollinger, I don't know if you're familiar with them, and they were talking yes. about it as a test, which is very interesting. So what are the different types of cancers that it tests for?
2: Oh gosh, um the the most common ones. I don't know all 27, so forgive me, I'd have to go on their website and okay. look, but um breast cancer, colon cancer, um, I believe pancreatic cancer. I think mel- um mesothelioma is on their list, um prostate cancer. Um I mean there's, a, there's whole a bunch ton, of them, 27, and and they happen to be the most common cancer. So that's what's so powerful about it. Um and it diagnoses it Anywhere between four years to up to a decade before any wow. of our current um, screening tools will ever find it.
0: And how does that work if people are interested in getting it done? Do they can they do that? you know the, how much what is the cost for that? and they have to come in and see you just to give people a little bit more information if they're interested?
2: Yeah, I mean, they, they don't have to come in to see us. you know they they do have to have a consultation because we need to know their history. We need to have some clinical information sure. so that we can piece the answers of the testing together. Um, and then we ship them a kit. You know, it has to be done through a physician because of the, the necessity to properly interpret it and then to treat, you know, should the, should the testing become positive for any form of cancer, you would have to then go through the traditional conventional diagnostic means to make sure it's not diagnosable by a conventional means. Because if it's diagnosable by a conventional means, chances are it's too advanced for the herbal treatment to work. Um, what's powerful about Oncoblot is it diagnoses the cancer so early, you can actually use herbs to treat the cancer instead of having to wow. undergo any other type of treatment because the cancer could not be found in any other way. So, if it detects breast cancer, for example, chances are your mammogram will still be normal. You know, chances are if you get thermograms, they'll still look pretty normal. Um, If you get an MRI, it would look normal. So there's no other means of diagnosing the cancer but through the Oncoblot. And that means it's so small that those other tools can't find it yet. And that's what's so powerful about Oncoblot. And what's astounding about Oncoblot is that it's actually, you can actually treat the cancer with chili pepper and green tea. And they've done some studies. They're small studies that a 96% success rate with minimal to not, the only side effect was sleep deprivation because he had to take wow. the herbs every four hours around the clock. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's extremely powerful. Um, and so you have to make sure that you counsel a patient um, before they have the testing done. You have to counsel them in the event that it is positive because then they mm. have to mobilize quickly um, to mm. go through and make sure it's not diagnosable by conventional means. If it's diagnosable by conventional means, those herbs will not work, so we have to yeah. find another path. Um, that doesn't mean you have to go to the conventional path. We, could, we just have to crank up our natural path to, to be more, more powerful and more intensive. Um, yeah. But it's a very powerful tool. But, yes, you can get it, uh, and the, the kit gets shipped to you. You go and have your blood drawn at the lab, and then they send it off to the lab, and you get results that are sent to us. And then we have another consultation to discuss those results.
0: Wow. Very interesting. I mean, it's good to see that there's so many things nowadays that people can do to, you know, stay healthy or prevention and even in some cases help to get them better.
2: Yeah, and, you know, these things have always been here. That's what's so sad. It's You know, we're coming full circle back to what we used to do a long time ago. Chinese medicine 3,500 years old. You know, there's nothing new about good nutrition. There's nothing new about exercising and staying active. It's just that we got... Uh, sidetracked, you know, we set our GPS to some other location other than wellness, we set our GPS to go hunt down diseases, um, as opposed to preventing them. And that's where we went wrong.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Lisa, do you have any questions before we end today's podcast?
1: No, I just think you're fantastic. Give us oh, the ways to you. find you thank on you.
0: social media.
2: Oh, social media? Yeah, uh, we are at Rio Bay. I am on Twitter and Rio Bay Institute of Integrative Medicine on Facebook, and our website is RioBayIntegrativeMedicine.com. You can also get the two books there as well, The Tao of Integrative Medicine and The Answer to Cancer.
0: Thank you. And we also want to thank today's sponsor, uh, Lily of the Desert, for sponsoring Nationally Savvy Radio and allowing us to bring you amazing shows like this one, because without our sponsors, we can't make this happen. So thank you, Lily of the Desert, and they make aloe vera, which is, by the way, amazing at healing digestive issues. You can learn more at lilyofthedesert.com. Well, thank you so much for being on our show today. I'm Andrea Donsky along with Lisa Davis, and you're listening to Naturally Savvy Radio. Like us on all social media at Naturally Savvy, at Andrea Donsky, at Radio MD, and at Health Media Gal One. Thanks for listening, everyone. Stay well.